0: No, it was a hot mess when we had our state control of our police department and it's a hot mess in Kansas City, just ask Mayor Quentin Lucas. If they want to make us safer, they would pass common sense gun safety law. Paid internships and apprenticeships, paid uh, workforce development programs. For example, we passed the marijuana tax uh, in April and that's also a pot of revenue that we weren't receiving before.
1: Yesterday evening on the campus of St. Louis University, St. Louis Mayor Tishara Jones delivered her annual State of the City address, the second one she's given since she was voted into office in 2021. The speech laid out multiple priorities ranging from public safety to modernizing city services. A video of last night's speech, as well as a link to Mayor Jones's prepared remarks, is available at the City of St. Louis' website. And today, we have the mayor herself with us in studio to talk about her 2023 State of the City priorities. Mayor Tishara Jones, welcome back to the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Before we talk about last night's State of the City Address, I need to ask about the issue in city government that seems to be sucking up a lot of oxygen, and that involves St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. So two months ago, you said that Gardner has, quote, lost the trust of the people Um, And there's an effort by Missouri's Attorney General to remove Gardner from office, as well as local judges, calling Gardner into their courtrooms because attorneys are not showing up for trials. Mayor Jones, do you agree with Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey that Gardner should be removed from office?
0: Well, we already have a process of uh, removing our elected officials from office if they don't serve the people, and it's called an election. Um, and Attorney Gardner's election is coming up in 2024, mm-hmm. uh, and voters will make their voice heard then. Um, I don't support the state coming in and trying to take over our criminal justice system. Um, we have sent messages to uh, Attorney Gardner in her office, uh, you know, asking, you know, if there's a way that we can help and assist, and um, and you know, and what I've said earlier, I stand on that. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, what do you say to your constituents who say they've lost the trust in their government?
0: Well, you know, I can, I'll say that, you know, I can definitely understand where they're coming from. Um, Our government hasn't um, always uh, done right by, especially by people who look like me, Um, and it doesn't work for a lot of people. So that's That was the uh, message that I tried to deliver last night in the State of the City address. We hear you. We see your frustrations. um, And we're taking the steps to address them. We're taking the steps to lay a firm foundation to change our city in the future.
1: So let's get to your speech from last night. You started with reminders about pledges you made in your State of the City speech last year, which you delivered over at at Harris Stowe. Um, And that was your first Uh, state of the city address as mayor. Since the start of your first
0: term, what's been your biggest accomplishment? Um, I can't pick one over the other. Uh, You know, we've been hard at work these last two years. Um, Like I talked about the establishment of the Office of Violence Prevention and making that a permanent part of our Department of Public Safety Mm -hmm. uh, and having it funded in this year's budget. They are nine staff strong and are working with uh, grassroots organizations to stem the tide of crime in our communities. Uh, We have funded. Um, 11 uh, organizations uh, and community violence intervention programs. Um, We have uh, uh, broken the stalemate, so to speak, or the impasse with the Police Officers Association. They overwhelmingly approved a new union contract. Um, We have uh, uh, um, uh, earmarked investments for North St. Louis and are starting to begin on those projects. Um, there are, like like I said, there are so many things that we can talk about uh, that we're proud of, you know, especially how we uh, uh, put our ARPA money out in the community, helping people stay in their homes, put food on the table, um, and uh, we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. And to that point
1: about ARPA funds, the city of St. Louis received about $510 million from the American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA, mm-hmm. and about 34% of those funds have been, um, uh, just over 12% of the funds have been spent. Mm -hmm. These funds must be allocated by 2024 and spent by 2026. How is that money being spent so
0: far? Well, uh, just like I talked about, we've supported over 93 households with direct payments. We've funded community violence intervention programs. Uh, we've assisted child care providers with an average uh, uh, grant of about $35,000 so they can uh, keep their child care facilities open because we know that uh, uh, affordable ac- access to affordable uh, quality child care is a uh, is a lot uh, that's on the minds of parents nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, we've distributed over 800 $5,000 grants to city to small businesses to keep their doors open. I've connected more than 500 youth to year round and summer jobs. Um, registered more than 1,400 kids for pr- free public transit. I've stood up new sports leagues and recreation center at our recreation centers uh, and expanded services for our unhoused neighbors. By adding uh, 50 more tiny homes, we've got three or four being delivered every week. Mm -hmm. Um, Invested in city employees with a $2,000 incentive, uh, retention incentive. And um, we also uh, have uh, tons of uh, what we call a notice of funding availabilities out there for neighborhood beautification, for new homes, Mm -hmm. um, and for a lot of economic development in our community.
1: So once that money runs out, Mayor, How do you plan to sustain all of those efforts, given that we can't expect city revenue to increase by that much anytime soon?
0: Well, these are one-time, um, a lot of the investments we made are one-time investments, and so we, don't, we, we won't have to continue to do these things um, with the city budget. Um, but however, there are things that are changing with our revenue. Um, for example, we passed the marijuana tax uh, mm-hmm. in April, and that's also a pot of revenue that we weren't receiving before. And we're keeping an eye on inflation and how that's going to impact our uh, general revenue and our uh, tax collection.
1: Mm -hmm. And are we on track to spend? the money so that we don't leave any on the table?
0: Uh, currently we've programmed, uh, w- we say programmed and spent. Those are two different categories for us. So we okay. have programmed over $175 million mm-hmm. of the $498 million that we received because we also spe- are already spent the uh, $12 million in rental assistance. That okay. money's gone. So we still, we are, we have $498 million and $175 million of that is programmed. A lot is out right now in, uh, in NOFA's uh, at CDA or SLDC uh, for our housing beautification programs, also our uh, housing repair programs. So a lot of that's good. We're on track to spend it.
1: Mm -hmm. So when you say programmed versus spent, programmed means that it has been promised to something yes. spent means it is gone. Out the door. Out yes. the door.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And, if, and we're actually, we've spent more of our opera funds than the state has. The state has only spent 2% mm-hmm. of the opera funds that they've received. We've spent 12
1: Okay. And what makes for that
0: discrepancy? Uh, You know, I don't know. Okay. I don't know, you know, why the state hasn't uh, spent that much. Yeah. You
1: know. Now, the loudest and longest bit of applause during your address came when you gave a strong rebuke of politicians in Jefferson City. Now many Republican legislators want to return control of St. Louis's police department to a state-controlled board. While violent crime has recently gone down in St. Louis, um, is that your primary rationale for why a state board should not take over?
0: Oh, no, it was a hot mess when we had our state control of our police department. And it's a hot mess in Kansas City. Just ask Mayor Quentin Lucas. They've mm-hmm. had their three most violent years on record. Um, they want to return to uh, Civil War era politics where we had five people uh, making decisions who or five unelected bureaucrats making decisions for uh, for the direction of our police department and and. Uh, no one was safer because of it. No one can point to, to me any specific way mm-hmm. how a state control of our police department is going to make us safer. So they're not making their case. No. And yeah. if they want to make us safer, they would pass common sense gun safety laws.
1: We're talking with St. Louis Mayor Tishara Jones about her annual State of the City Address, which she delivered last night. Now, continuing in the vein of safety and public safety, earlier this year, you named Deputy Fire Chief Charles Coyle as the interim Public safety director.
0: What is your timeline for getting a permanent director in place? Uh, we are currently in the recruitment process and we hope to have a permanent director named uh, hopefully this summer.
1: And what is that recruitment process? Uh, what does it entail? Uh, we're
0: doing an, a, a national search. Mm-hmm.
1: And when again are you hoping to, to have somebody Hopefully in? by this summer. By the summer.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: traffic violence is a big issue in St. Louis, and city government has held town halls about this issue. Last night you proposed increasing traffic enforcement with red light cameras. That's even though the Missouri Supreme Court struck down the city's use of them several years ago. Mayor, what has convinced you that red light cameras are the way to go?
0: Well, the data shows us that um, when red light cameras are present, it reduces traffic violence by at least ten percent. And so we are in 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 conversation with our city councilor's office to try to make sure that if this if red red light cameras come back, which we really want them to, Mm -hmm. that we do it in a way that's equitable but also constitutional.
1: Okay, and over the past couple of years, St. Louis on the air. Uh, has talked with community advocates about the needs, unmet needs at that, of our homeless neighbors in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. The last time we covered the topic on our show, in fact, um, was January. And then Director of Human Services, Yusuf Scoggin, was one of our guests. And he spoke at that time to the immediate need for a regional approach to providing shelter and other services. So, I mean, warmer temperatures now, um, they take freezing overnights out of the picture, but there are other challenges that remain and there are hazards of heat to come. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you provide an update on what's concretely happening to support folks without homes?
0: yes absolutely so um, we are uh, purchasing an additional 50 tiny homes to add to the tiny home village that we have downtown uh, and we're finding that uh, people on average stay about six to nine months um, in our tiny home village they're connected to wraparound services and they're made whole again so mm-hmm. of the of the people who have, we've already served 140 are now in permanent housing mm-hmm. uh, so we know that this program works we um, have asked our contractors to have a 20 24-7 safe haven shelter to a low barrier safe safe haven shelter uh, for people who can't go into traditional shelters Um, and we've um, tried to make sure that um, whatever we're doing that we have outcomes that we see the outcomes of the people that we're serving Mm -hmm. we know that we haven't always met the mark and we know that there's a lot more work to do um, and so we're willing to do the work
1: and is there anything on that regional level that is happening so that what you're working on here in the city is not happening in isolation from from other counties?
0: Right. Um, unfortunately, not at this time. We would love to have a regional conversation about housing in our region. You know, next month we're having uh, a regional conversation on crime uh, with East West Gateway. Um, I will definitely approach. Uh, I, I would love for someone regional to to step up because St. Louis uh, provides uh, most of the services uh, for the region, but we don't have most of the unhoused. Mm -hmm.
1: Your address, it closed with a refrain, which was who's willing to meet me upstream. And one of those instances included who's willing to meet me upstream with a regional approach to Mm -hmm. address the root causes of crime. Right, our problems mm-hmm. don't end at Skinker Boulevard or the Mississippi or Missouri rivers, and neither do the solutions. Mayor, whom
0: were you talking to or about? I, I was directing it at our entire region. Mm-hmm. Um, I sit as the vice the vice chair currently of the East West Gateway Council of Governments, um, which consists of all of the county executives um, from our. Uh, of our region. And um, we come to the table most of the time to talk about uh, transportation, but we need to expand our reach and talk about other things that affect the people that we represent. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's why that it's it's for everyone. It okay. wasn't at anybody specifically.
1: Okay. Now, most of the term I've heard upstream, downstream, that binary, the up is macro level and it applies to people or institutions with position, with power, resources, and it includes policy mm-hmm. um, created by such people. And then the down is like micro level. It's mm-hmm. everyday folks at the ground level. Does that breakdown of up and downstream apply to who you see moving your priorities, especially the ones that pertain to public safety and economic empowerment ahead?
0: Right. So when I talk about upstream and downstream policies, I'm talking about upstream means prevention for me. Um, you know, what, what are we doing to stem the tide? What are we doing to um, to eradicate or reduce the amount of poverty that we see in our city? Because when we reduce poverty, we it has a direct correlation with reducing crime. Mm-hmm. So when I say upstream, I'm talking about who's going to meet me with, you know, paid internships and apprenticeships and uh, paid uh, workforce development programs uh, so people can get better jobs with, with working uh, um, with uh, better wages. Um, and then downstream is after the effect. So mm-hmm. a- after, you know, when I, when I talked about downstream, I talked about how um, in, the, in the sense of crime, how our responders are responding to crime after it happens.
1: Yes. And this last question about modernizing um, what is one concrete way city residents will see modernization of technology
0: well the modernization that we've um, uh, been doing in the last uh, several months um, has been mostly internal so it's been our accounting and payroll systems for example so if if you are a city contractor and you do business with the city, uh, we're hopeful that you'll see that, you're, uh, that you'll get paid sooner.
1: Mayor Tishara Jones uh, here t- talking with us about her annual state of the city address last night. Today's episode was produced
0: by Alex Hoyer.
1: Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dork.
0: Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer.
1: St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group.
1: Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air?